0: Hi, Dr. Ray. I love your show. Let me show you what it looks like to be a holy person, and maybe you'll want to be holy like me.
1: You just patted yourself on the back. You seem like an honest guy. But you're a psychologist. Do you have some advice?
2: I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You're my second favorite Italian person.
0: I
3: think you have a way
0: of making people feel relaxed. She needs to feel the consequences of being a jerk. You know, I was looking for a deeper answer. Obviously, I'm a failure. Obviously, I'm inept.
4: Yes. You are awesome. Keep up the good fight, my friend.
0: Now, from the studios of Living Bread Radio Network
2: in Canton, Ohio, the hometown of Mother Angelica, here's Dr. Ray.
0: Well, I'm doing my version of bilocation. I can't actually bilocate. I kind of do an offshoot of bilocating. Bilocute. I can speak to two different places at the same time. Actually, more accurately, it would be Omnilocute, locute. Nice to have you with me here. I'm hoping that you are omni-listening. This is Dr. Ray Grandy, program doctor is in. Number to get on to the program. See, I give the number before I even tell you why, which is sort of foolish. It's kind of um, well presumptive on my part because I'm assuming you know why. You may not. I'll tell you in a second. The number is 877-573-7825. Not an easy number to remember. 877-57-EQUAL. People say, equal, yeah, but that that L, that L drops off. Yeah, it does. It's all right, because the phone just takes the ten digits, and the rest of it it ignores, kind of like my kids. Sort of just ignore what I say after ten words. Why would you call? There's the why part. Well, if you have a situation, a question, a person in your life that is, uh, well, you are struggling to get along with, or the situation is confusing you, or it's perplexing you, or worse, it's distressing you, call in. I do psychology for a living. I don't know how you do psychology, but that's what I do. I'm a clinical psychologist. Now here I don't do professional psychology. I'm not going to diagnose. I'm not going to do therapy. I'm not going to in any way step on the turf if you're seeing a therapist. But we can educate, as I'm going to do in my opening monologue here, and offer a few thoughts, a few ideas. You can call in if you have help for someone else. You want to get extra credit that way. A few time lopped off your purgatory, depending upon how good your advice is. Also, if you have an insight of life, a lot of people call in and they say, you know, Dr. Ray, let me tell you what I learned about being a mother. Let me tell you what I learned about being a spouse. Let me tell you what I learned about dealing with my mother who's difficult. Let me tell you what I've learned about what I've learned, whatever it might be. Those are good things. You folks are an amazing reservoir of knowledge, flat out, our amazing reservoir of knowledge. All right. I got to see how that works. There it goes. Let's see. I- recording. I'm on him all the time. That's all I do is discipline. Do you feel like you discipline all the time? Probably because you're doing way too much talking. If you could see me, I'm grabbing my lower lip. This is not the organ of discipline. The mouth is not the organ of discipline. If you speak two to four hundred words a minute with Gus up to eight hundred, you are throwing ping pong balls at the hull of an aircraft carrier for all the impact you are having. It makes you feel like you're disciplining. Why? Well, because you're telling him don't do it. You're telling him to stop doing it. You're telling him to quit doing it. You're telling him to start doing it. You're telling him to change his direction. But those are words. And of course, you get rewarded because he may stop. 4.6 seconds. But then you have to say it again. Giving the impression that you are constantly disciplining. The irony? You're not constantly disciplining. You're constantly talking. Big difference. Parents will say to me, especially moms, Before children, I was pretty nice. Now... After children I'm not pretty or nice. The frustration comes out it's a direct relationship, the number of words. More words, more frustration. And if you'll notice, your words don't stay at the same volume. But guess <clears throat> I'm afraid that if I repeat myself twelve more times, I'm going to feel uh, I'm going to feel anger pangs. I'm going to probably have to raise my voice. I will uh, sense agitation internally. No, 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 no. You get loud. You get nasty. So, if you find yourself disciplining constantly, as it sounds to you, ask yourself a simple question. Are words taking the place of action? am i talking without backing up what i'm saying if i want butkiss to leave his sister alone i have told him 27 times today alone to quit bothering her what will i do when he bothers her there's an axiom that says one picture is worth a thousand words let's paraphrase that one Consequence is worth 1,000 words. If you are going to do something about it, you don't have to say something about it so much. And the irony, the ultimate irony, if your children know you mean what you say, you don't have to discipline very much. Words will actually become effective because they've experienced... That in the past, when your words don't work, you back them up with action. And once they realize that action will follow your words, you can just use words. You can even use the look. The look is nonverbal discipline. Many of your own parents had the look. The look says, this is a warning, I'm ready to act. Please Attend to my look. So, if you find yourself thinking you're disciplining all the time, ask a simple question. Am I talking all the time? Am am I using words in place of action? Am I using words to become my discipline? If that's the case, a couple of things happen. One, you use more words. Two, you get frustrated. And, oh, by the way, maybe I'll throw in a third thing. The kids kind of stop listening.
4: 877-573-7825,
0: 877 equal Got some good calls up there. I would very much welcome your calls because it's just a whole lot easier to do this program when I get to talk to you. I'm Dr. Ray.
2: Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot?
1: What is at the center of your life? Is it your job, your career, your money, your name, your friends, your family, or is it Christ? We make decisions every day based on what's at the center of our lives. In a given day, you're dealing with everything from fairly simple decisions like, what should I wear to work today, to extremely stressful and impactful decisions like, what direction should I take my company? The decision is based on what you value most. What is at the center of your life? We all need to ask ourselves, are we self-centered? Are we family-centered? Are we Christ-centered? Do we make decisions based on what would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? What would Jesus think? Or what might others do, say, or think? When you communicate, when you act, when you make decisions, make sure Christ is at the center. This has been a Christ-Centered Communication Message. I'm Vanessa dunhag Garmo, a communications evangelist and host of Epiphany.
5: Underwritten in part by the following nonprofit. From Affirm Films comes Journey to Bethlehem.
1: This wasn't a dream.
2: An angel came to me. You were in danger, Mary. This child, what is his name? Jesus. Journey to Bethlehem. Starring
6: Fiona Palomo, Milo Mannheim, Lecrae, Joel Smallbone, and Antonio Banderas. Rated PG. Rental guidance suggested. In theaters everywhere this Friday. Soundtrack also available. More information is at journeytobethlehem.com.
0: feel blue? People ask me that. Dr. Rich, what do you do whenever you feel blue? Whenever I feel blue, I start to breathe again. I find that helps a lot. Lou is calling from my hometown of Canton, Ohio. You know, a lot of times when folks call in from Canton, Ohio, I know them. I don't know if I know Lou. Hi, Lou. How are you? Yeah, you and I met. We did? Where?
6: Uh, I had a good friend of ours. We have a mutual friend. His daughter just got married a few months back, and I stopped by your tables.
0: Oh for Hello heaven's sake you. that's right
6: I don't know if you re- i don't know if you remember that but
0: Claudia's wedding
4: right mm-hmm.
0: all right yeah we had, remember yeah,
4: we had security
0: remove you you started you started a brawl. We had security remove you. I remember that
4: yeah and
6: i
0: left my i left my keys at the table right took four <laughs> took four guys to take you out. I was impressed. <laughs> but I, I, I just wanted to say
6: that you know, uh, just to your listeners, you know that that when somebody meets someone that they don't really know, that you were you just made a very good first impression. So, uh,
0: well, I'm good nice for I'm good, good for about it. thirty seconds. Then you go beyond thirty seconds, I start <laughs> to decline. <laughs>
6: yeah. When you asked me to go to the bar and leave a tip, that's when I thought I better get yeah, out. Yeah, right? yeah, I know it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, just what I had a question. Uh, our daughter's she lives in another state, and uh, she's thirty, and she has met a really really nice young man that's uh, a firefighter and uh, studying to be an EMT, and uh, she's uh, uh, you know she's uh, involved in her in her church. Uh, there's a Saint Marys of the Sea that she that she goes to in her hometown, and. Uh, he's not Catholic, and and I just kind of wanted to know uh, how how does a parent that would want their child to marry into the Catholic faith, uh, you know, handle discussions with her moving forward? Uh, not that it's an issue. I just kind of wanted to know that uh, I want to encourage her to be with the right person without insulting her about his faith. That's what I guess I'm asking.
0: Ask her what she likes about him, what is it that's attracting uh, you to him? and then she'll tell you all his nice qualities, and then you can ask, well, first of all, you know your daughter is she uh does her Catholic faith mean something to her?
6: oh yeah yeah, yes yeah yeah, 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 yeah she goes to mass uh, uh weekly, and uh she knows I go every day and her mother and and uh she's she's yeah she's she goes to retreats and different things so. okay.
0: Uh, so she would yeah, she, probably you can assume here Lou that she would probably have somewhat at least brought up the subject with this guy. Uh so that's your opening. You can ask her start out the easy stuff first. Just ask her what you like about him, what she likes about him, what is attracted attractive about him. Get it going that way. And then uh is he, then you say is he catholic? Well, no, but he's a really good person. So, does he is he interested in the Catholic faith, or does he respect your Catholic faith? Where does he stand with all that? That's what you're asking, because you're getting her yeah, she to did, tell
6: you. She did say that 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 she likes the fact that he's religious. Now, I don't know what religion right. he is. So, okay, uh, uh, that was kind of like her and her mother's conversation. She, my my wife's not as intrusive as I am because if, if 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 the if the, if the Conversation you, is between hey, her Lou,
7: and I.
0: You know it's not going to make any difference, don't you? <laughs> yeah. she, she is she is not going to break up with this guy because her dad says he's not Catholic.
6: You well, know that. I, you know don't what? You? I don't want that. I don't want that. That's not what I would want. I would want her to understand that that she'll have challenges moving forward and to prepare herself for that if that's the case
0: you know and then you can ask her that you say well what what do you think will be the situation if you want to you want to practice your catholic faith and he doesn't will you not go to church together how will you raise the kids you you can you're going to ask questions and see what kind of answer she has to tell you whether she's even thought it through
6: yeah how do you get married and all that you know
0: well, yeah, you ask her those questions, but keep in mind now, you're not going to give her the third degree. You're going to just sort of be curious as a dad, finding out, hey, okay, yeah. she's found a guy that she really cares for. Good chance she'll marry this guy. So how has she thought through the differences in faith? And if she she might right off the bat say to you, oh, no, Dad, he, he, wants, to, he wants to look into the Catholic faith. Or she may say, oh, well, he's a very religious guy, but he wants nothing to do with the Catholic faith. Uh, that's when you. That's when you can ask some more particulars. You can say, "So, how how will that affect how you raise the kids?" Oh, Dad, we'll, we'll talk about. We can talk about that later. Well, will you go to mass by yourself? Just you know that kind of thing. Be be perplexed, because keep in mind now you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, according to Kenny Robbins or Kenny Rogers. The gambler, you know that if she's pretty much attached to this guy, then she's this religion thing is not a deal breaker, at least from what she's told you. Right. So that's what I would explore. I'd kind of just see how much she right. thought it through. But your wife's well, probably again, real happy. She's, she found a good guy. I'm pleased. <laughs> yeah.
6: Yeah. Well, and I am too. I, you know, I. I want you know with with all the the the, uh, the the wrong roads children can go down today, even adults obviously. But as many roads as there are that can take somebody, I've always said to her, you know, you are who you associate with, and that's you know good advice, I guess, for anyone, you know. Well,
0: it is, but so, she's looking at it as like, Dad, you're right. He's a good guy.
6: Yeah, and there, there, there. She likes his family as well. His father was—he's an ex-chief of police and, and has some. Um, so what you're in, what, in what you're area. saying, my
0: friend? What you're saying, my friend, is that uh, she's got all kinds of positives attached to this guy. So you're going to have to explore how she's thought through the differences in religious views. Then you don't know that right. yet. Yeah, you don't know that. No, I don't know that. All right, go no, get your I keys. Anyway, Thanks, Lou. Hey, thank you, thank you right, very
4: buddy.
6: much. Take care.
0: Okay. Eight seven seven fifty seven equal. Let's see what else we got there in the queue. Dan from uh, St. Louis, Mo. Uh, This is much, much, much more common these days. As a matter of fact, I saw a recent survey that kids under twenty-seven, about twenty percent of them, no longer call themselves heterosexual. Hi, Dan. How are you?
4: I'm doing well, thank you, sir.
0: How old's your daughter?
4: uh youngest daughter's 24. We've got yeah. four children, um all Catholic. Um oldest my oldest son is really really Catholic, which is awesome, and uh but they're all raised Catholic. So my youngest daughter has decided that she's same sex attracted and I, I guess from me and my wife's standpoint, a couple things and I know I if it ever goes to the point that she gets married, I know we cannot go to that ceremony um so i guess i got two questions one is up to that point like for thanksgiving um we're kind of on the fence with like should we is it okay to invite them over you know to share a family meal or is that saying that we, we're you know they know how we feel we don't accept it but where do you draw that line at between being hospital you know um Hospitality, I guess, as far as like, you know, what would Jesus do? Would he invite people into a house?
0: Well, when he ate with uh, tax collectors who were the lowest of the low in uh, that particular uh, culture, and furthermore, um, eating was great fellowship, it wasn't just a meal, he did. Now, one could make the case that he was doing this so he could tell them to turn from their ways. Perhaps. We don't we don't know that. We don't know that. My suggestion to you would be, your daughter knows how you view this. She was raised by you for all those years, you and your wife. She knows. She knows your stance. Yeah, she knows that. her sibling stance. I guess I would, if it were me, I'd probably say, bring your friend. Um, I, I ask you to just... Be friendly in our home. Now, if you got younger kids there coming in, if you got little cousins and things like that, at that point, I would be pretty clear. I'd say, "Look, uh, this is just a very uh, friendly. This is your friend. This is not anything to to show affection because it could confuse the kids, and we don't want to do that. And we don't we don't know how their parents would react to this. So i would I would put those conditions on it." But then I would, I would definitely invite them. I would, I would not say, "Okay, you're not welcome at this house," because what you do, Dan, is you lose your daughter.
4: That's that's what I'm afraid of. Well, sure, you know, sure you I, will. I don't want to lose that daughter. And then I know this is down the road, but I thought you said one time that it would be okay if they would get married. I, I, I we, we hope they're going to change. I'm hoping she's going to change her mind, like you said, with with statistics and stuff. But. Um, what do we do on the reception? Do, do, we, do we not go, or do we just... I mean, people will know our, our opinion because we didn't show up for the service, but what do we do on that part of, like, the reception?
0: I think the Church is pretty clear on that. Uh, any kind of celebration of a same-sex union would be something that we Catholics can't attend. And sure. sadly, if that's our kid... Uh, That would be a real trouble spot, but uh, you sometimes have to take the hit. Now, I'm I'm hoping, and and it's been my experience, Dan, that only a small minority of those people in same-sex relations who want to have some kind of, quote-unquote, marriage, understand and are accepting of their parents or their relatives... Belief system. Typically, they get very angry. Typically, they shun. Typically, they feel like you're horrible and awful and terrible and judgmental. But I've found very few that can simply say, Dad, I, I don't agree with how you think, but I can understand, and you have every right to think the way you think, because that's your belief system. So I will not take it personally, and I will not be offended if you do not attend our ceremony. I've had very few say that and uh i wouldn't worry about it at this point nan i wouldn't even bring it up i wouldn't say something like well you know you guys if you uh, if you decide to have some kind of ceremony you know we're not there no i, I wouldn't even wouldn't bring it up you deal with it when it comes but at this point i would keep a relationship open with your daughter and her friend
4: okay well thank you very much All it was right. a great show and um, like i said I, I love your advice and and um thanks for taking the call
0: Alrighty then. Take care my friend. Uh, 24. Alright. I got a lot of calls I want up there I want to get to and I, I thank you very much for being patient. I had one, one already leave and I wanted to talk to that. He was, he was next. So often happens. All I have to do is think about which call I'm going to take next and they drop. Uh, Dr. Ray Show Wichita. Dr. Ray Show Wichita.com. Next week. God, God willing. Wednesday and Thursday, we will be in Wichita taping episodes of Living Right with Dr. Ray. Those of you in the Wichita area or within a 100-mile radius, if you want to come in, we would love to have you in the audience. The audience adds the energy to the show. The audience is a participant in the show. It's an EWTN. We're taping season 13 of Living Right with Dr. Ray, which airs a couple times a week on EWTN. You can check their schedule. But we'd very much love to have you. Uh, The numbers, there's no limit to how many we can get. Uh, You can bring the kids, bring the dog, bring the goldfish. Youngest we've had is, I think, six weeks. The oldest is 102. You can come for one show. You can come for two. We have uh, two tapings each night, Wednesday night, Thursday night. The information on how to sign up and where and times is at DRay dot com. Doctor Ray Show Wichita dot com. Asking you nice. been familiar with that very, very popular sitcom in the 90s, Everybody Loves Raymond. This is the EWTN counterpart to that. Some people sort of tolerate Raymond. I'm Raymond Grandy, program here at Doctors In. I want to get to your calls, but I want to go to Cindy. Uh, Cindy was in a situation similar to Dan's call. Dan was asking about his 24-year-old youngest daughter, Being in a same-sex relationship, and Thanksgiving coming up pretty close here. What should they do? Cindy said, "I was in a parallel situation." Hi, Cindy.
3: That was close. Uh, I was. I was. Go back one more call. It was Lou who has a daughter who is has fallen in love with a young man who's not Catholic.
7: Oh,
0: okay, you're right. It is loose it does say that I want to comment on lose call? I <laughs> missed it by that much.
3: that's okay. that's okay. Um, probably have one of those other situations too but let's i just i was i was in that place. I was the young lady who was head over heels in love with a very nice, wonderful young man, and uh he was not Catholic, and I was and um so we uh we went ahead and got married and it was a, I would say it was a poverty in our relationship the entirety of 37 years. So I think it's worthwhile for parents to try to have that conversation. Um, you you may not influence it, but at least you haven't you've at least given the the person a chance to consider um, and and hopefully have those conversations with their with her boyfriend or girlfriend.
0: How do you how would you suggest now back then when you were in love with this guy and you thought that there was some way to work all this out, how would you have reacted to a parent questioning your choice?
3: I I like to think that I would say, you know you're right, we we've talked about it some but we haven't really talked about it in detail and what what that's gonna look like. And um, I think that the first year we were married, and he absolutely refused to go to church with me on Easter. Um, didn't you that see that coming? Cindy,
0: Cindy, didn't you see that coming when you were dating him?
3: No, no, because he went to church with my family when we were dating.
0: Ah, win you over, yeah.
3: Okay. Mm-hmm. I think he kind of, yeah, a little dishonest. So,
8: mm-hmm.
3: but... I, I knew he wasn't interested in being Catholic. He did agree to let the kids be raised Catholic, so that was all on me. And, you know, it's just, it's there was a lot of good parts to our marriage, but that was always a, a piece that You're speaking
0: in the past tense of your marriage.
3: Yes, he passed.
0: Ah, I see. Okay. All right, so your your advice is to get parents as best they can to help kids explore the potential complications of a marriage to someone of either another faith tradition or no faith at all, because typically marriage makes it more complex.
3: Right. Absolutely.
0: All righty. Good advice there, Cindy. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Get
3: Appreciate what you do.
0: All righty. Bye now. All right, this next call is delicate. And I'm I'm going to tell the parents. you got little kids listening. I know sometimes you do in the car. So I'm going to give you several seconds. Either turn the radio off or turn it down. I use euphemistic language so the kids may not even understand. I will preface the call to get it through this. To get to the... Well, I'm going to basically gently say to this fellow, What are you doing? Okay. But gently. But gently. He's 37 years old. Had a physical relationship, impromptu, probably alcohol was involved, uh he became infatuated with her, and uh he's attempted to contact her and no contact back whatsoever.
7: Sir, are you there? Oh hey, doctor Ray, yes, I'm I'm here. Yes, yes. Uh thank you, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it.
0: Well, you're trying to get a hold of this girl. Why?
7: Well, it was uh, well, it was a couple months ago. I was Ubering, and all of a sudden, uh, Friday night, a girl. I get an Uber request, and she's in a bikini, and she gets in my car, and it's about a ten-minute drive to the beach. And I, you know, and uh, she asked if I want to go to the beach with her. And uh,
0: so, so you said, took. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. We don't need to get into all those details, but. So what happened was this was an unfortunate fling. I don't even want to call it a fling. That makes it sound like it's something positive. And you've attempted to contact this girl. So why are you still trying to contact her?
7: Well, I guess it's just the oxytocin. I mean, I bonded. I I remember that Jason Everett talked. He said, don't do that because if you do, then you're going to get bonded to her. That
0: does happen.
7: So, So now I'm like,
0: well, she wants she wants no part of any bonding with you, correct?
7: I knocked on her door a week after we had met. Oh, and, she will uh, think you're I'm a stalker.
0: A date, She'll think you're a stalker.
7: Well, she said that was ballsy, but she went on a date with me. And uh, so we had a lunch, and I kind of felt her out a little bit, you know, like, so do you date to you know, to certain marriage or do you date for fun? And she was like, well, I don't just hate. Desire in marriage, and I don't date for fun. And then I was like, "Well, then, what do you date for?" And she's a blackout alcoholic. I forgot to mention that part. When we oh, for beach, her. She, oh,
0: all right. now. She wait a not, second. I got a question. What are you asking me?
7: Well, I I'm still tempted. I mean, I think about her all the time. But when we we're at the beach, she didn't remember how she met me. And she well, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
7: Before my friend, so everything
0: it, everything you're describing says. Let it go, Louie. Let it go. Let it go. I'm going to let you go. But that's if you can. Here's what I think will happen. If you chase this, she'll run and she'll want no part of this. And you're getting yourself infatuated and probably risking some bad things. So that's my thoughts. Thank you. Thank you for the call, my friend. 877-573-7825, Eight seven seven five seven three seventy eight twenty five. There are some uh, calls up there, very, very, very poignant, thoughtful calls, and so I definitely want to get to them. Uh, Ohio right now is voting issue one. Issue one basically would make abortion all the way up to the day of birth, a fully formed little baby. It would enshrine it to use that word in the Constitution it would also make it so that minors I believe it's above the age of 13 would be able to get an abortion and pursue sexual transition over and above parental permission that's right so I don't think most Ohioans know that's what it is I read it when I voted And in fact, it was very confusing. It was a long, long issue that most people aren't going to read, but I'll tell you what. You read the first paragraph, you're going to say, yeah, that's right, that's right. Get the government out of our reproductive decisions. They're very good at this. Very, very good. If people knew what it was, Ohio's a conservative state. It would be voted down. Oh, you travel down the road and you see these
2: signs,
0: Highway Adopted By, and then they put the two-mile marker where the highway's adopted. It always makes me wonder, at what age do you tell a highway it's adopted? You wait for the highway to bring it up? You say maybe around seven, because the highway starts to wonder, you know, I don't really look like the Kiwanis Club all that much. Just wondering about that. Now, I offered... Issue 1 information as a preface to this call from Brett from Columbus, which is in Ohio. Uh, He is struggling with his own resentment and emotions towards people who are virulently in favor of uh, an amendment that would allow anyone, anyone, probably over the age of 13 to abort, a fully, fully formed, I hate to use the word formed, it makes it sound like it's not a human, a little baby, even as it is being born. Hey, Brett, how are you?
8: How you doing, Dr. Ray? It's an honor to speak with you.
0: Thank you, sir. It's an honor to listen to you. <laughs>
8: Yeah, that's part of my problem here is, um, I've got a neighborhood that, um, is very much divided on this particular issue. I'm, I'm out walking with my daughter. I'll see signs that say vote no on it. I'll see a lot more that say vote yes on it. And some of which are families, I mean, parents that obviously have children, and I, one in particular have. A, I believe a son who's adopted, and they're they want they're voting yes on this issue, and i just i i don't I don't know how to make peace with some of these neighbors because I also realize that this is also just the work of the devil and pushing to divide us further more so than we already are, and so I guess I don't quite know what what I can do beyond prayer that can just kind of help us remain find some semblance of unity in light of all of this discord.
0: Well, there's two ways to approach unity on this one. One is to ignore the issue after it is voted upon and passed, done, from today. That's one way. Uh, Another way is to know which of these neighbors you have a reasonably decent relationship with, and you can ask them later. I I saw the vote yes sign in your yard. I'm always curious, uh, viewpoints other than my own, um, how is that? Uh, tell me how how you've decided to vote yes and and what you understand that issue to have been that's if if again you you only you know if you got if if the extent of your relationship is you honk the horn when you drive by and they're raking leaves uh you probably don't have a whole lot of inroads, but if there's somebody that you know you've talked to and you've chatted and they've been to your house or you've been to theirs or you helped them rake their leaves or whatever it is, you can easily. Ask, uh, how is it? What what do you understand? Now, as I said before the break, when I went to vote and I looked at that issue, first of all, it's about nine paragraphs long. Nobody's going to read it. The language is very confusing, very confusing, but it is it is meant to be that way. If you didn't know what that issue stood for, you could easily be misled. So. My, my guess would be at least some of your neighbors are misled. Because the polls in our state show that there's an overwhelming no to partial birth abortion. Overwhelming. But people don't realize that's what this would allow, and it would not be a law that can be overturned. It would be enshrined in the Constitution, which to change the Constitution takes forever. Right. So as our governor has said, he's been governor for a long time, and in he's, he's, all the times he's known Ohio, he's only seen one amendment abrogated. So the people who are doing this are very, very smart. Very smart. Calculatedly smart. They're misleading people. On the other hand, I personally have been shocked that after the decision by the Supreme Court returning this issue to the states... I've been shocked at how many states have made this an all or nothing. In other words, you either permit abortion all the way up to the day of birth, or they're going to take it from you completely and totally. And that, in the United States, given that we don't want anything to inconvenience us, at least a good percentage of our population, uh, wins a lot of people over. It truly does. We are much more liberal, if you want to use that word, in our approach toward abortion than even Europe. And Europe is much less religious than we are. But even the the countries in Europe have much more conditions placed upon abortion. So the only thing I can wrestle with, Brett, is that I look around me and I say that our culture has done a wonderful job at saying nothing should interfere at all in any way with the way I want to live my life. And if a baby happens to interfere and it is legal to kill that baby, then so be it. So, my friend, I guess what I'm telling you is, from my perspective, I don't get bitter and resentful towards these folks. One, some of them I think they're just confused. Others, I think they they don't think from a moral perspective. They don't. You don't need to be religious to recognize that's a baby. But what happens Certainly. is, it's, it's, it shows you, my friend, let me put it this way. If you know anything about world history, you'll know that humans can be shaped into thinking that the most egregious things are okay. They can. It's part of our condition. Um, so, given that, it doesn't really shock me that there is a significant proportion of our population who simply says, wait. Hey, I want it. I'm going to vote for it. Um, I can only hope and pray that with the passage of time at some day, probably long after I leave this earth, people will look back and say they actually did that.
8: I have to hope that uh that's what uh that that's how this will ultimately play out as well, and we'll look back on this and say man what what were people thinking then?
0: Yes, yes, well, we look back on the slaves in our culture, and we say, what were people thinking? How could, you, how could you do this? Well, for them, they thought, this is what I want. I want this kind of free labor that I can totally own and control. That's what they wanted. So, and in many, many countries where there has been massive murdering of people, huge numbers, millions of numbers, if you know anything about human history, People think, yeah, uh, you know, how how could we do this to each other? Well, we do. That just to share with you an interesting thing. Did you ever did you ever see the movie The Godfather?
8: That one's actually been on my bucket of this. I've been meaning to see that one. Okay. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but not the whole all the way through.
0: There was an enforcer in the Corleone family named Luca Brazzi. Luca Brazzi struck fear into everybody. He was totally. Loyal to Don Corleone. And Luca Brazzi, if, if, if he was placed upon you to eliminate you, you lived in fear. But in the book, now this took place in the 40s. In the book, they said Luca Brazzi had a very, very deep, dark secret that would el- eliminate him from any kind of quote-unquote respect in the criminal world. Do you know what that was?
8: I don't think I got that, now.
0: He supposedly killed a baby. <clears throat> now think about this. This is what, 70, 80 years ago? Now this, again, this is a fictional story, but, but I think it reflects the mindset of 70, 80 years ago. Here's a guy who was an enforcer for the mob. He killed people. And he had a, a certain fear and awestruck reverence for his abilities, if you will. But yet, at that time, that was, even among the mob, an unforgivable sin to kill a baby. How far we've we come. All right, my friend. Thank you for the call, Brett. Be at peace. This is Dr. Ray. We have something that
2: stands in utter contrast to the lies of this world it's called the word of god the word of god is what demolishes all that sets itself up as an opponent to the good the true and the beautiful all that sets itself up as an opponent to christ jesus the word of god is given to us so that we have something to hold on to that's true in all circumstances we always have a place where we can wash ourselves in the regenerating waters of Scripture. We have a place to retreat to, where we can cling to what is true. The Word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, of the joint and the marrow, and it's a judge and critic of the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Cresta in the Afternoon, weekdays
6: from 4 to 6 on Ave Maria Radio and the Ave Maria Radio app.
9: What three virtues are embodied in the First Commandment? The Catholic Catechism, paragraphs 2084 through 2086, tell us that the First Commandment encompasses the three theological virtues, faith, hope, and charity. In this commandment, God calls us to worship the Lord your God, and Him only shall you serve. When we say God, we confess our belief in a constant, unchangeable being, always faithful and just, without evil. It naturally follows that we accept His words and thus have complete faith in Him. Since He is almighty, merciful, and beneficent, how could we not place our hope in Him? Finally, who could not love a Creator who has poured out His love, His goodness, and His gifts on us? This is Peggy Stanton, and this has been the Order of Malta's Minute with the Catechism.
0: Are you with me? Okay. For those of you who do not get on, please, you'll be first up in the future. It's the rule of the show. James from Texas has been incredibly patient. Hi, James.
5: Hey, how you doing, Doctor A? Okay, sir. Hey, um, um, my wife and I have got concerns about our thirteen-year-old daughter, and. Uh, I should give you a little back history on her. Um, She was born to our oldest daughter when our oldest daughter was about 21, and um she was going to discard her. And my wife and I said, nope, that's our granddaughter. We're not going to allow that. So we took her and we adopted her, and we've been raising her since birth. But she has been displaying some troubling signs, and we're not sure if it's a mental thing, if it's going to turn into a rebellious thing. I don't know. But she talks to herself a lot. And I mean, like, extensive conversations where she'll even laugh uh, like she just heard a good joke. And uh, when I ask her, who are you talking to, she always tells me nobody. So, um, and I know she's got a little resentment. She knows who her real biological mother is, and uh, I know that it's hurtful for her that she doesn't hear from her. Um, She don't even get a birthday call or a Christmas wish or nothing from her. So um, I know this is hurtful for her. And uh, also, she doesn't seem to have any friends at all. We have birthday parties, we invite friends that she goes to school with, and nobody ever shows up. And this has been going on for several years. So uh, we've got deep concerns on what's going on with her.
0: Uh, Good news, bad news here, James. Obviously, I'm going to recommend she talks to somebody. That's the good news. The bad news is... um, Individual therapy with adolescents is uh, notoriously ineffective, and I'm not saying that doesn't work at all. I'm simply saying it's not generally successful. But you, in fact, could go with her, uh, and either have a family thing, or if if she wishes, she'll she'll want to talk without you there. Somebody needs to ask her a little more details about these voices. Are they actual voices or are they imaginary friends? You said she has no friends, so maybe she's concocting somebody to talk to. Who knows? I think a lot of it is her discontent. You size it up. How discontent is she in her life? That's one. Um, We just had a note here, and I didn't think of this because I'm an old man, but... She doesn't have a Bluetooth that she's talking on her cell phone to someone and she has a Bluetooth in her ear, does she?
5: She does have a Bluetooth, yes. And she does have a long-distance friend uh, that she made from kindergarten or first grade. Uh, That friend had moved to San Antonio, which is probably a little over 100 miles from where we live. And she does frequently talk to that friend but most of the time that i've noticed is that she's not talking to anybody on the phone and that's what gets me really concerned and i told my wife i brought the concerns up to her and of course she started to get a little bit annoyed at it that i even brought it up and because she doesn't want to believe that there may be anything psychologically wrong here and uh
0: well, you might want to. You might want to insist. You might want to say you're gonna. You're gonna talk to somebody about these voices. So we're gonna find out if it's just something that you have a, an imaginary friend that you feel is supportive, or if in fact you're hearing voices in your head. Now, I gotta admit, it's not real common among thirteen-year-olds to actually have voices in their heads. Not anywhere near as much as young adults, but it does happen. So that's one thing. The other thing is, I think the biggest, for you, the biggest thing is, how discontent is she about so much of her life? Now, you said she has a smartphone. Smartphones, by and large, are a huge ingredient in teenagers' discontent, especially girls. They mm-hmm. confuse them regarding their sexuality. They confuse them regarding friendships. They, they do a lot of damage. Unfortunately, right. now that she's had one and you try to back it off, she's going to go crazy on you. Which Oh, absolutely. Yes. So now you you got yourself dug into a hole. And many parents are like you, James, they'll say my 13-year-old is seems to be unhappy, she doesn't seem to be full of zest, she seems to be miserable and almost always. Part of the picture is a smartphone. Especially one that they've had for a while. So, I got to go, James. Forgive me for cutting you off. The phone is cutting me off. Dr. Ray, walk with God.
2: For information on Dr. Ray's presentations, books, and CDs, visit dra.com and follow him on Facebook. The Doctor is In is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.